What's going on, everybody? This is the Distance Theory Podcast here with my co-host, Ryan Mizozo, and uh, we have a special guest today. He was a uh, Charleston Southern graduate and my teammate, former uh, teammate at CSU, and a friend. Uh, I'd like to welcome Trevor Domini. What's going on, guys? Great to have you, bro. Um, so Thanks for listing all my accomplishments. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trevor- individual qualifier, two-time big <laughs> champion. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> so Trevor, um, Trevor had a very interesting collegiate career. Um, if you want to like just give a quick background, because I, I really wanted to base this uh, podcast more so on like, like champ- I, I was going to name the title uh, championship mentality since you have a lot of experience with that. So yeah, yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. So like when I first went to CSU, um, coming out of high school, I was running in like a small classification. So I was in 1A in Virginia, which is the smallest classification. Obviously, like there weren't that many good people. So I was like winning every race. And then coming to college, it was kind of like a a culture shock for me, where I thought that I was going to, I thought that I was going to keep winning everything or at least competing for the win. And then running at the division one level, obviously like you're not going to do that your freshman year, you know? Um, And so that was kind of tough for me. And it took me a long time to figure out that mentality to where I could end up winning again. So quick background guys Uh, at CSU, we've had like a long history. I mean, the school opened back in like, I don't know, like the sixties or something like that. But Trevor, Trevor was around during the dark ages of CSU. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so um, just, I don't know, kind of explain like how, how much different the team was because we have a pretty good team right now. But Trevor, I mean, you just go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a lot different now than it was back then. Um, the <laughs> class that was brought in with me, it was literally just me and Jarek. Jarek was mainly an 800 runner out of Georgia and he was extremely talented one of the most talented runners that I've ever seen in my entire life um he ended up running like low 14s he was he was really good um and he he probably could have ended up running like in the 1330s if he had like been fully committed to it but um but yeah back then it was literally just me and Jarek uh we had no idea what we were doing uh coach Stincy was attempting to show us the ropes and like what real training at the division one level was but it it took us a long time to figure that out so yeah so Trevor was basically in like a transition phase where our school was going from being like an all sprint school um to an all distance school basically so and Trevor was a key piece in like the foundation of that um Jarek was as well, but um, Jarek, you know, Jarek is Jarek, so. Um, Jarek is Jarek. <laughs> Fantastic, but, uh, I love him. Yeah, um, but uh, basically, like, Trevor laid the foundation, um, kind of guessing, like, your training was pretty much, like, just guessing, like, every day, like, how fit you were and stuff like that, and um, just kind of, yeah, talk about how different the training was from your freshman year all the way to your fifth year? So obviously one thing that Coach Stincy at CSU tries to do is like when you first come in, you're not going to start at the mileage that you're running when you're a senior, right? 
because you have to build up to that mileage. Your body can't handle it when you're a freshman. So my freshman year, I think I was pushing it at probably 85 a week, which at that point was, I would say too much for my body, which ended up getting me injured. And that's kind of a reoccurring theme throughout my college career was, was injuries. Yeah. For my senior year. Um, I have a question yeah. for you later on with that too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, it, it was a wild ride, but um, yeah, I mean, dude, it took me so long to figure out the keys to success in college. Um, and I think, I think I can like shine a light on that a little bit for people and like what worked for me and what didn't. But one of the, one of the notes that I wrote down here when I found out I was doing this podcast was like, I think my mindset with running was incredibly different to a lot of people because I was so, I was like so focused running was my only priority mm-hmm. and I had nothing else in my life. Right. And so I mean, like to an unhealthy amount. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's not the case. Right. But for me, that caused me to overtrain and to like push my body to where it, I knew it couldn't go, but I pushed myself and ended up getting injured. And then ultimately that led me to setbacks and like not being as good as I could have been. But yeah, that was the story of like the first probably three years in college of the five years that I spent. Yeah. So there was like a, so when I came in, I remember looking at you on like your T first and everything and being like, okay, this guy's pretty good. Um, but I, you don't realize how truly good somebody is based off their times. Like when you go, especially with college, because when you go and you actually see them training, Jarek was, I don't, or not Jarek. Um, yeah, Jarek was the fastest guy in the 5K like that year yeah. that I came in, right? Like 2019. Yeah, he ran like uh, 14, 19, I think. Yeah. 20 or something like that. Yeah. And then, so, but Trevor's PR was only like 14, 42, 46. 46. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, he's pretty good, but um, you know, you have this guy Jarek running 14, 19, but you don't realize like when I got there and started training, I was like, holy shit, like, like Trevor is like probably like the most fit guy on the team. And you don't really see that just based off time. And um I just well, want you to talk. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say one of the things that I pride myself on is I was never a time trialer. Mm-hmm. I was a racer. I was out there to compete. I like at the highest level, I wasn't out there to run the fastest time. Right. And so one thing that you probably noticed when you were in college with me, was that whenever it was a conference championship or the race actually mattered, that was the time when I decided to show up and I decided to like, give it absolutely everything. But other, other than that, like, and I don't know exactly why this is, but I, I never really found the motivation to like push myself to that next level. If it was just like, Oh, I, I need to run like low 14s or like sub 14. I could never push myself to do that. But if it was like, I need to beat this guy to get the gold medal. Yeah. Do it. So what was, what was the key? Cause that my freshman year, I mean, it was still pretty rough for us as a team. We had a long ways to go from there. So, um, which is kind of funny because your fifth year kind of landed in that COVID year. 
So what did you do that took you from being 1446, not really on the radar to making nationals and cross country and winning the big South? There was, there was two different things. One of them had to do with training and one of them had to do with mindset. Uh, in regards to training, the story of that is in 2020, I decided I was going to push myself super hard to the point of running like 115 miles a week for like six months straight. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously that broke me down and I ended yeah. up getting injured to the point where I had to like go to the doctor and get a bunch of tests done and get a and bunch this of this was, I forget, was this was back in like January, right? Yeah, January, February of 2020 is when okay. I was going through this. Yeah. Um, but I, they had thought I had torn my labrum in my hip at that point, um, which would have like pretty much ended my college career. Which I was and that would we have like three other people on our team that we they they've torn their labrums and they've like pretty much never been the same since then. Yeah, so. it it would have been bad, but thankfully I didn't tear my labrum. Uh, I just got a bunch of cortisone injections and kept running. Um, <laughs> But after that, I kind of took a step back and I realized that I probably shouldn't be pushing mileage as hard as I should be. And I should be more focused on the workouts, but not focused in the sense of like pushing the workouts as hard as I could, focused on getting through the workouts at the prescribed times as easy as I could. So why, I would, did, why, why did you switch that up though? What made you, what made you uh, like reconsider that? Honestly, I was scared of getting injured, but also because I was at that lower mileage and I could, I could just kind of coast through workouts because I was more fresh than everybody else. So like, you know, Alan, who's one of the best guys on the team now, Yeah, I would go into a workout with him and he was running 90, hundred miles a week. And I was running 60, say. Yeah. Right so you're just you're just sandbagging. You're yeah. racing every workout. I, I was pretty much just sandbagging. But <laughs> but the funny thing about that is 60 to 70 miles a week is probably what I should have been at. That's what my yeah. body can handle. Right. And I think for a lot of people, what they don't realize is like you have to figure out how much mileage your body can handle and what is the ideal amount for you because everyone's different, you know. Yeah. Like for me, for me it was 60, 70. For somebody else, it could be 120, you know, there's those genetic freaks out there who can handle 120 and then they go out there and they're fantastic, you know? Yeah. But, um, I mean, talking more specifically, let's think about Matt Inman, another guy on the team. Yeah. I told Matt his fifth year, I said, Hey, you don't need to be running a hundred, 110 miles a week. I think like at this point in your career, you should back off the same thing I did and just really focus on the workouts and the races. And he didn't, he didn't take my advice and it, it didn't go super well for him. Yeah. All, all the best. Which, which, which he would, he would also admit. Yeah. I mean, all, all the best to him. It didn't go super well, but I think yeah. that that strategy would have worked for him because once you, once you put those miles in of 115 miles a week and do that for six months straight, it's kind of like a, a backlog of work that you've already done. If you lower your mileage, you're not going to lose all that fitness. Yeah. You retain that fitness and then you just freshen up. And when you, if you increase the quality, um, I mean, like there's two ways to get better at running, either increase mileage or increase quality. 
Well, sometimes it's neither of those things. And that was kind of what I would agree with you. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And um, a lot of guys get so like hell bent on running like a hundred miles a week. And it's just, it's like a super toxic mentality that us distance runners have that like, mm -hmm. you know, we have to be running like 80, 90 a week. Otherwise we're going to be like, you know, we're going to suck. We're going to be like, uh, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but we're going to be like Winthrop <laughs> or we're going to be like, you know, like stuff like that. So um, it's almost like that fear in the back of your mind that if you back off, you're going to get worse. But once yeah. you get past that and you realize that like, this is what your body needs, you actually take a step forward. And I'll give you another good example. Uh, one of the other guys on our team, uh, Tim Depew, he he went from like, he was like struggling, like with just injury after injury, after injury, his first two years. And then he said, Hey, you know, um, talked to coach and was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to try running 50 to 60 with a day off a week. And he went from being like a 16 to 25 K guy now it's like 14 forties. So yeah, it, dude, he's, it, been, he's been killing it. I yeah. Love but, but that just goes to show you is that, and he was never super talented in high school to be the first to tell you that he's a hard worker and he knows his work, what well, works for him. So that's pretty much it. So also I think people need to realize what their potential is. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys are like, well, you know, you know, every runner wants to go to the Olympics when they first start. Exactly. But yeah. And I, every, that, that was the same mentality I had. I was like, if I want to go to the Olympics, I have to run 120, 150 miles a week, maybe. Right. Yeah. But it's like, you, you realistically might not be able to do that and it's not healthy and it's not good for you that's so very like, true you gotta you, get, you gotta maximize what the most your body can do is you have something hanging over your head the whole time and truthfully there are a lot of runners that just will never reach that point it's just the truth and you just have to accept it's it's more so kind of accepting your role like because if you do that then you can probably maximize your potential in the sport if you don't then you're probably gonna be like you know have a lot of what ifs by the end of your career yeah. I mean, there's still some what ifs for me, I will say. So, all right. So, um, as, so you're saying training, you, you switched up a lot. Um, is there anything else that you think you could have attributed to? Yeah. 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 The other, the other key factor, as I said, was definitely the mentality. Um, so this is kind of, it's kind of a weird, a weird thing, but when I was younger, I used to be like way too competitive to the point where I would be like angry and stuff, um, <laughs> which is, I don't know, it's a bit silly. But, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I literally was the same way. So I, I feel you on that. Throw tantrums yeah. and stuff. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> no, I was annoying. Actually, no, I see a little bit. You've seen a couple of them probably. So I got a video of one of them. Oh yeah, that's true actually. <laughs> yeah, you scream at the F word for the coach. <laughs> Anyways um but yeah mentality wise um so I used to be super competitive and then I kind of reined that back a little bit because I realized that that was unhealthy and not attractive to most people um and then um that last year I kind of I found that again but I internalized it which also was probably not healthy I internalized it to a point of like 
this is going to sound really weird to everybody out there. <laughs> it's going to be really weird. But Trevor, it, Trevor is not a normal guy. I'll just, I'll be the first to tell you guys that he's not. I'm not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to like release. I have like almost two different personalities, right. <laughs> Where I can like have this anger that fuels me to these performances, but then also just kind of like chill out and, like hang don't out really, with friends. Yeah, know? it's don't really give a shit. Like yeah. whatever. And play disc golf. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, as I said, it, it was fueled by anger. And a lot of that is um, it boils down to the fact of like why I ran, which is is something that I thought about a lot that I want to challenge anybody who's listening to this podcast who runs to think about. It's like, why do you actually run? Because running is a brutal sport. Mm-hmm. any endurance sport is incredibly brutal so like why do you do it and what that came down to for me was the reason why I did it was for acceptance right so like yeah. in high school I was accepted by all of like the let's say jocks because I was a state champion or whatever and yeah like everyone's like oh that's Trevor he's the the fast kid right yeah And then I went to college and I had this sort of crisis where like I wasn't that fast anymore and all I wanted to be was fast. And that's another reason why I pushed the mileage. And so I used that kind of anger to fuel me to my performances, which was, I don't know, it's, it's a strange concept, but that's how my mind works. Honestly, it's, it's not as far fetched as you think, because I think a lot of us do the same thing. I was I was gonna say the top athletes do that like Jordan, uh, Brady, Kobe. They they're always angry and they they have like two personalities and they talk about that. So it's it's not it's weird, but it's not weird because I feel like all these top athletes have some type of like the killer mindset and then like the fun whatever. I don't know, you know what I mean? I kind of no, I, I kind of see it as like when you go into work you're there to work you're not there to yeah. socialize so when you're at work you're not really focused on making friends and talking to people and shit you're worried about getting stuff done and then outside of that obviously you're not you shouldn't be that way oh, i personally was, like I, I was i was in that mode like i like if you knew me in high school i used to be in that mode like 24 7 like there was no like turning uh, like the off button or anything so it, it's it's unhealthy but some people they they get really into that for whatever reason. The analogy of work, though, is a little bit odd because it was like six or seven steps above that. For me. <laughs> it was yeah. like I would go into a race and if it was me versus this one kid, I literally hated him. I mean, I was willing to die <laughs> to beat him, you know, which is kind of the mindset you have to have if you want to win or if you want to push yourself to the point of like, so the way I think about it is like, if you have that extra 1%, when it gets to it, say you're running a 5k, right? Yeah. And you get to, you get to 2.3 miles into the 5k, right? You have a decision. If it's 1% easier for you to make that decision to make a move or to make the move with the guy that will ultimately end with you winning the race, then I'll do anything for that extra 1%. Yeah. Or I would have not anymore but. yeah <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of like in a way it's like basically you wanted to suffer more than anybody else out there that you're running against see I didn't want to suffer 
I just wanted to destroy them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you wanted also you wanted to just shoot them straight in the head and kill them like right then and there no it it was quite i don't know i guess it was more on me yeah i just wanted to suffer i guess it was more like that um okay so it's hard to understand the mindset yeah it's hard it's it's even hard for me now like when i was there i explained it to gavin who's another guy on our team and he totally understood and he was like dude you're you're insane right yeah (laughs) but he also took it and like kind of used utilized it a little bit himself and he can he can switch it on and off too yeah question question how do you flip it on and off like how do you get in that mindset of being like i want to kill someone and then be like hey how are you doing uh because there's no competition when i'm just like greeting people uh-huh if there's okay. any sort of competition then that's when it comes on so just like, just like that yeah like i'll be playing an ultimate frisbee game like pick up <laughs> friends and it'll just snap on but i've gotten to the point where i i've gotten to the point where i can turn it off and be like okay we're just having fun yeah but I, it used to be at the point where i i couldn't turn that off and i would like screaming at people and like getting real intense yeah so so you kind of okay so physically you started running less and more so focusing on workouts and basically just running like 50 to 60 miles a week. Um, And then on the mental side of things, you basically just wanted to kill everybody that you're running against. So, so kind of walk me through, because honestly, you probably had, from what I can remember off the top of my head, you probably had the most consistent season out of everybody on the team which also led to you eventually winning the big South championship and then making it to national. So um, I guess describe like how, like how you felt that whole season, because we weren't, it was a weird season that, that year. It was a very, it was cross country during like February. So. Yeah. I remember texting my dad at one point and I was like, I feel like I'm on drugs right now. <laughs> I, felt, I felt so dude. I, I was like, I feel like I'm on EPO. Cause I would, I would do a workout and we would do like, 10 by a K and it just like would not phase me at all yeah like I it felt not like an easy run but it felt just like a tempo and everyone else was huffing and puffing and I just felt fine so I don't know if it was the accumulation of all of those years of running so much and then pulling things back um but that entire season I just felt great there was a couple races obviously where I I didn't perform up to my potential, I think. And that goes back to the fact that when it doesn't matter to me or when, it, when there's no like metal on the line or something, I, yeah. I don't really race well. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I just feel absolutely incredible. But like you, still, you, you still race like, like you never, I don't think you ever had a subpar performance that season, except for maybe FSU, which everybody ran like shit there. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll be honest with you. I was running like 30 or 40 miles a week over the winter. Yeah. And I ran, first race back, I ran like 24.40. Probably drinking a lot of beers too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably a bit too many. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you're graduating now. It's not like since he's going to watch this anyway, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, he already so, knows, but. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even matter. You see those up there? Yeah. okay so um obviously everybody knows now that you made it to nationals well how did it feel to go to nationals and i think that they had your name up in the uh 
when they did the announcement for the, the um what is it called where they pick all the teams um for cross i don't know what the name is but yeah it's like on espn or whatever and they yeah and they, um, they called your name right yeah how did that feel like that that must have felt like crazy that like damn yeah, i mean i already knew obviously after i won conference it was a very emotional moment well talk about conference first like how like that race well let me, let me just say this first while i'm thinking of it okay um so i remember in the fall when cross country was canceled i went to coach stincy and i said hey i think i can win conference in the spring in cross country mm-hmm and he pulled the team together the next day. And he said that we needed to stop thinking selfish and start thinking more about the team as a whole, which I didn't particularly like because yeah. cross country is an individual sport, but also a team sport, right? Yeah. And I knew that given the opportunity, if, if like obviously Kyoko from Campbell, yeah best guy in the conference he's absolutely incredible right mm-hmm. but you never know what is going to happen and if the opportunity is there you have to take you have to take it right you also have to be ready for it you have to be ready for it and you got to be ready to freaking grab that dude yeah and so i told him that he pulled the team aside and said you guys gotta stop thinking selfish and that kind of ticked me off because i was like i'm not thinking selfish i'm just like not dreaming but I actually think I can do this. Yeah. I actually think I could run fast, which I ended up running like 2350, which is yeah. kind of rolling. But yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so that happened. And then Ryan was like, damn, that's my 5K PR. It was a short course. Yeah. It was a short so, course, to be fair. So, yeah. I do think. But I mean, it was a tough one. But um yeah where was I going with that so I mean you were basically just going with um like just how that race went like yeah I mean so the time came for the race and it's well well, first off Campbell ended up not being able to race because their whole team got COVID exactly two days before we found out that Campbell wasn't able to be there right Mm. which was absolutely insane and we realized hey whoever wins this race is going to nationals it was like a dream, like, like you guys, like the viewers, like you guys don't understand, like, like that year was the only year that the NCAA made like a, they made like a switch. And so every conference champion would go to nationals, no matter what for cross. Yeah. No matter what it conference it is. It didn't matter if you're in the big South or the big 10. So, um, and then we get a call or our coach gets a call from Campbell university who, it was pretty much going to be like a dog fight between like us and them. Um, I wasn't racing, you know, midi things. So, but um, it was pretty much going to be a dog fight between uh, those two schools and then high point as well. But um, then we, they get the call and Campbell got COVID so they couldn't race. And um, the first thing everybody said was like, Garrett, like leave the locker room right now if you're sick like because <laughs> i'm like always sick. yeah because you yeah. you were sick at that time too yeah i literally bro if any any anybody that knows me that's watching this knows that i get sick like like so easy yeah so. we were so paranoid about about getting covid before that race yeah i remember i remember calling my dad actually like a couple weeks before and i was like dad like i'm in such good shape like 
what happens if I get COVID? And he was like, well, it is what it is, you know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't really control it. Just stay to yourself, which is what we did. I mean, yeah, we were pretty, we were pretty boring. We just kind of like stayed to ourselves for probably a month before that race. Yeah. Quad parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically uh, we get to that race and um, well, quick, quick intermission. Uh, at that point, everybody thought they could like everybody on the team, like, Forget the team thing that Stincy talked about. Like everybody was selfish there because they they thought they could win. And honestly, you want to know um, the craziest thing? Yeah. The craziest thing is I actually didn't think I was going to win. I I didn't even think about winning before. That's actually literally hilarious because it contradicts everything you just said. I know, I know. It was wild because because Stincy pulled this aside and he was like, like I thought I could win, and then Campbell's out, and then um obviously you still have high point in our conference who has one really good guy yeah and I remember Matt I'm, I'm calling people out now but Matt was in there and he was Matt, like, Matt deserves it anyways <laughs> I love him. but anyways Matt was like oh my gosh like I could win I could I could go to nationals and like something in my mind clicked and I was like that's like we still have a job to do and that's to win and, then, and, and for for those of you guys that also don't know you guys probably don't know this either uh we had never won a conference title for cross before and matt just so happened to be the guy that blows up in every single race except for the one unicorn race that he has and he just shocks everybody yeah he either runs 2350 or like seven 27 minutes <laughs> 27 that's being you're yeah <laughs> that, that's that's being a little uh a little too good to him there. So oh, now we're just bagging on Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, you should have been yeah. there for the for the end of the year party. But my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I honestly was not. I wasn't point, and I think it was. It goes back to the point of like, once I get in the race, then I get competitive. But like during that time of like retrospection and like thinking about the race, so I wasn't in that competitive mode yet. To where I was just thinking, okay, I need to do what I can do for the team. And then through that, I thought to myself, well, is it better to get two points or is it better to get one point for the team? Yeah. And I realized, huh, it's probably better to get one point, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, so you go through a K in that race and, um, what's your mindset? Cause literally everybody's in it at that point. Yeah. So my, my racing strategy is, um, I think people that go out of the lead are kind of idiots. Incredibly dumb, especially since he, since he would agree with you. Well, yeah. I mean, especially if people are faster than you. Yeah. People are faster than you never, ever go out in the lead. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Right. You're just grabbing unless, unless unless the only way you can break that's the only way you can break them you know <laughs> it's just like slowly grinding them down but so my strategy was to hang in the pack of like three or four guys that we had at the front right on high high point shoulder and they had a couple of guys up there at the front so i was just like okay i'm just tempo for like as long as i can and uh, just see how it plays out really and so you got to about, I want to say, what was it, like 3 or 4K when you just broke off from everybody? Yeah, I want to say it was 
I want to say it was like right after 5K. Okay. I remember we, so it was like a multiple loop course and we ran up the hill and then I look over and I look behind me and it's just me and the, and the high point guy. It's just the two of us, right? And the next guy is probably like 10, 15 meters back. And at that point, I was feeling absolutely fantastic as we were going up the hill. And uh, I was like, okay, I want to put the hurt on him now. Because he's, I could tell he was huffing and puffing coming up that hill. It was, it was a pretty sizable hill. Yeah. And so on the back end of it coming down, I decided I'm going to run a 400 pretty much as fast as I could. And... At that point, I ended up breaking away and then running the next like two miles by myself. And pretty much just a, a, vic- a really long victory lap. Kind of. Yeah, I was for the first mile of that two miles. Yeah, probably for the first mile of that two miles, I was incredibly scared. And then I remember being on the back side of the course where there was no fans and I looked behind me and I couldn't see anybody like for a long ways behind me. And I knew I had just that one big hill to go and then into the finish. And it was like, actually, I, at that point, I got a little bit emotional because I was like, oh my God, I just did it. Like, Which is insane too, because that just goes to show you for one, how bad you broke that kid. And also to like, just like all, all of, like your entire collegiate career went into that race. Pretty much, yeah. It was like it was it was eleven years of running, pretty much for that one. Yeah, race. for that one race, and um, so you won. So like, I didn't see any tears or anything out of that. So I mean, where's the emotion? I oh, I wasn't there. So <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't there, so you didn't yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get really emotional after, and it didn't really hit me. Like when you do something absolutely insane that you never think that you're even capable of doing it doesn't hit you until pretty long after. So I remember we, I finished and then I was like super happy just like watching people come in. Cause obviously I still like, I was still there to like have our team win. That's yeah. why I was running. Right. Yeah. And so I, I saw all our guys come in and I was like, okay, we easily won. We took our pictures and everything and we were super happy. We did like a little dumb chant or whatever (laughs) as as we were walking back to the tent I was like oh my god like I'm going to Oklahoma like this is insane and then I remember walking by myself I walked by myself probably like a couple hundred meters away and yeah I just got a little bit emotional yeah it's still emotional thinking about it now I was gonna say it I'm sure it's probably like like you don't even have enough time to really like let the emotion like overcome you because you're worried about nationals next and you're like you're so caught up in the moment I wasn't really thinking about that honestly really yeah yeah because I I remember telling myself when I told Stinsy I was gonna win I would had a chance to win conference I remember thinking to myself like during my training runs I was like if I win conference I'm probably going to like just you know what everyone does throw their spikes up at a tree and just retire after that <laughs> and I was like Stinsy I was like Stinsy can't give me shit if I just like retire after that you know yeah <laughs> which I didn't I didn't end up doing but I kind of wish I did yeah because my heart wasn't in it the last track season but so um, how was how was nationals because I remember hearing some crazy splits at nationals yeah 
<laughs> it was wild. It was wild. So what? So, how did the? I want to know the first four hundred of that race. That's what I want to hear about. I don't have a split for you the first four hundred, but I know that the. I think the first K, which was it was about eight hundred meters on a slight decline, and then two hundred meters up, like back up to about the same elevation, and I want to say that was in like two forty two or something like that which is disgusting because you yeah and you still have 9k of like large rolling hills after that which i i remember hearing too that you guys went through 800 in like i don't like, like something crazy yeah like two or three yeah. that's insane for that's... one on a, on a cross course but like it doesn't even matter it was on a decline yeah, but we were, I remember after I qualified for nationals, one of the first workouts that we did back, I actually looked at this uh, the other day, it was, we were doing 800 reps. So we would do an 800 rep on a grass loop, and then we'd have a short break and do another 800 and then have a longer break. And then we did that again. And then we did some like 200s after that. But um, I remember doing that in the grass loop and I was running like 208, 209 for those 800s. Yeah. Which is like. For me, that's fast because I don't have that much speed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was what we were training for there was just the quick start of it. And Stincy, I remember he wanted me to run the first 400 like in almost 60 and then just kind of like slow down and cruise the last 400 of those. Yeah. So we had, we had trained for that fast start, but it, it still did not prepare me for, <laughs> for how fast it was. And yeah. I'll tell you this. I remember I'm 800 into the race and I'm in about... 30th place right and we we start going up the hill and i'm like oh my god what am i doing like i'm tired as heck right now right and i look over to my right and i see mario garcia romo <laughs> who just literally came fourth at the world championships in the yep, and, and he is right next to me right next to me and then there's uh what's the other guy from old miss uh oh the the guy that has a youtube channel no, no, it wasn't him. It was, um, he was from Virginia. What was his name? But anyways, it was, it was him okay, and Mario yeah. Garcia Romo yeah. right next to me, cruising through the K. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing right now? Like, I just absolutely. Oh, was it, was it Waleed Suleiman? Uh, yeah, it was Waleed Suleiman oh my gosh. and Mario Garcia Romo and me. <laughs> <laughs> just cruising through the K. Just, just a trio of the boys, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just the boys, just packing it up. <laughs> Uh, it was it was cool though it was a good experience but um I mean at that point as I said my heart really wasn't in it I was it, it's hard when you like solely focus on one race to then be like okay I made it to this, this next race and now I'm gonna like really focus again like because once you put everything into one race all that energy is gone you know yeah. which is why Ryan I know you're a college coach right and so my dad actually used to be the coach of one of the high school teams. And one of the things he noticed was there was one team in the conference who their coach would pump them up like super hard for the conference championship. And they would always do crazy well. And then a week later when the state championship was all the, all their kids would like run terribly because they had already gassed out during that time. Yeah, Ryan, do you have anything? The I actually the only thing I feel like you do a pretty good job of that because he also coaches high school as well. I'll say the yeah. only thing that I can compare it to is my high school runner was like 
he really wanted to win counties and be in the newspaper. And like after that, he still tried really hard, but like his best race was at counties. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the goal is just to win the, or do the best at the last meet. I just feel like it drives me nuts if you PR the first meet of the season. And it's like, damn, I just wasted 12 weeks after not improving. But um, yeah. But in the, it's a little different because in this case, it's like, there's nothing after nationals and he had to like, you can you had to do that in order to get there. Like you had to like, just put all your eggs in one basket at the conference championship. Yeah, all the eggs were in one basket and there were none left when I got to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the rest of that race then? Uh, the rest of the race, so I dropped back like super hard from like one to three K. Um, and then I remember getting through 5k and I was like pretty much back of the pack. Like I was like, okay, I'm like done with this shit. And I almost, can I curse? Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyways, it's not like, back. but anyways, so I come through 5k and I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to drop out right now. And I remember seeing like my, my mom and dad had flown out from Virginia all the way to Oklahoma to see me. And I was like, I can't drop out. Right. And my dad was like, just keep working up there. And so after 5k, I told myself, okay, just pick off as many people as you can. And it was kind of, it was kind of a fun game at that point, because I could be like, okay, that's an old miss guy. That's a Dame guy. That's a, a Oklahoma guy. It was like seeing all these people that I had seen online or uh, that I knew of that were incredible runners that I could like pass and then beat, which was, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. But also sucked. Oh, I know. I mean, if you're hurting after 1K and a 10K cross country race, I can't imagine how you felt after the race. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. Um, so uh, what was it like to pretty much, Oh, you go ahead, Ryan, if you have a question. No, I'll just ask a quick question. How did you have the the confidence of, like, getting hurt every single year? And just, like, how did you, you know, I'm guessing your confidence is low at one point. And then to see yourself to make it a national is, like, what kept making you compete and, you know, get to that final goal, being a conference champ and, and making the nationals? Um, I guess when I – first started running in middle school my dad was the coach at the high school at the time and I remember telling the kids in high school that like one day I was going to win a state championship which was like insane because nobody had ever done it right Mm -hmm. and I ended up going on to do that and after that I just kind of like believed that whatever I put my mind to I could kind of do you know and so I was like, if I really, I remember going to college and I was like, I'm going to win a, I'm going to win a conference championship in the steeple and I'm going to win a conference championship in cross country. And I ended, up, I ended up doing those two things. That's awesome. So actually that's a good transition. So what was it like to um, like, how did it make you feel knowing that at the end of your, like after everything was said and done that you had pretty much achieved everything almost everything because you said you had a couple of things you wanted to do but how did it feel to pretty much do almost everything that you wanted to do in college and with your running career it made quitting running very easy (laughs) 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 no I mean I realized I realized that where I was at my my fifth year was close 
it was close enough to my peak that I wasn't willing to trade off the amount of time it would take to get a couple extra percentage points out of what that already was. Mm-hmm. Like the trade-off of that wasn't worth it for me. Right. Like I realized that I probably could have run faster than I did. Yeah. But it would have taken a lot of time and a lot of effort. And to me, that wasn't worth it. Yeah. So I retired very happily, realizing that I had accomplished at least a decent amount. And so, yeah, it was good. So do you think that um, it kind of, it was like a full circle moment? Like, you know, you won like a few state championships in high school and then you won a conference cha- championship and then got to nationals. So you think it was like a, like a damn, like looking back at yourself, like I did it, like, like my high school self would thank me. I don't think so. I think my high school self was kind of an idiot, but <laughs> my high school self probably thought I was going to the Olympics one day, but you know, <laughs> we're all idiots in high school and we all don't know exactly what we want and what yeah. we're capable of. But um, I mean, myself now realizes that like what I've done is, or what I did is incredible. And I'm grateful for the time that I was running and I wouldn't change it because I think it taught me a lot of good lessons and it definitely matured me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess now that, um, you know, you've explained to the viewers everything about like how your running career went and, and, you know, uh, having, you know, a lot of success and getting to nationals and everything. So, how was it like those um, last few months after nationals? Cause I know that's like here, like straight drop down, like <laughs> oh, the highest of the highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Um, it, well, I mean, as I, as I said earlier, I, I thought if I make it to nationals, I'm going to quit. I'm going to retire right there on the spot, you know? Which you like, couldn't do because it was, you probably, actually, no, you had like three months left. So it was a lot better than having like, five or six months left yeah 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 but those last couple months were brutal I remember so here here's my advice for anybody out there who is like on the fence about running because I know there's probably a lot of a lot of people listening to this who don't know exactly which direction they want to take once you lose that fire for an endurance sport it's very hard to get it back. And, and Garrett, you know this, but we had a guy on the team who lost the fire and now he's just entirely gone. And we tried to get him back, but once you're out of that mindset of like pushing yourself, it's just gone. And so for people out there who you're kind of a little bit wishy-washy, you don't know where you want to be or what you want to do. I would say really evaluate why you run and what your goals are and then go from there. But something that you really enjoy, that you really want to do, that you you want to accomplish more with it, then go for it. But for me, I was totally done at that point. I had I was happy with what I had done and nothing else was going to make me happy in terms of running. Yeah. So, um yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a good way to sum it up. Like, there's not much you can do after that. Like, because your bread and butter was cross country, I think. Like, in in my opinion, I don't know if you think the same thing, but I think you were very good at cross and you ran cross very well. So, 
track track for and track for a lot of like I said you you stay differently if you think differently but a lot of cross guys hate track like you necessarily didn't have to hate track but I know a lot of cross guys I would rather run cross which makes me insane because like I'm like how could you run cross only and like not look forward to track season like I don't know like I was I think I liked cross country better because I was always better at cross country but but I love track, dude. There's something there's something magical about being on a track and being with 400 meters to go and just absolutely kicking as hard as you can and beating a guy. Like that's wild. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I have like a, a few more questions I want to ask you. Um, Roll them off. Which are well, they're very controversial because like especially oh, in the running community. So. Oh, and, and you're like you and Jamie, which. To the viewers, Jamie is a British guy we had on our team that just recently graduated. You two had the like most like opposite definitions of nutrition than what I thought. So, <laughs> so do you think nutrition really helps runners as much as like people give it credit for? Because I used to, and I don't, I really don't anymore, honestly. It depends. Depends on the person. Yeah. You, know? you you look at somebody for me when I was running 115 miles a week, I had to eat pizza and drink Mountain Dew in order to get <laughs> enough calories. And if I didn't eat pizza and drink Mountain Dew, then I was going to get injured because I had no fuel, right? Yeah. But like when I was running 60 miles a week, obviously what I ate was different. Yeah. So that's pretty much it then. <laughs> yeah i mean it just it just depends on the person yeah I, I think it matters but not as much as you would think well we have a guy on a team now that it's like really truly like just like if i had any doubts before like i really don't anymore this guy gets dessert for every meal he eats in the calf breakfast lunch and dinner he eats like a cheesecake muffin or like a chocolate muffin or a chocolate cookie or ice cream or like he has to have something who is this it's rob, <laughs> oh, it's rob? yeah rob it, and he's it's hilarious because like when he tried to eat a salad like he felt like shit and didn't run great like <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like i don't know I've, ryan what do you think i just think he said it. when you run so much it doesn't matter you just burn everything off yeah i just think it's that simple yeah um so here's another question that's been killing me to ask you how many undiagnosed s-words have you had more than i can count man <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. but le legitimately like there are things i have problems now with my legs two years after quitting running trevor literally has a hole in his like I have a hole in my calf. He has a hole in his calf, literally. I, my, my freshman year of college, I tore my calf and I decided that it was all right to still run. And so I just kept training and running 100 miles a week. <laughs> Some day like an himself. idiot. And now I legitimately have a hole in my calf. Yeah, it's just. <sighs> I'm surprised you remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like one of the. Bro. I literally like when I think of like 
bad shit crazy like I think of like how Trevor was in college like, <laughs> like, like this guy was like insane like oh. insane and in, like in every aspect Dude, so. that's that's fun for me to hear because I honestly there's a lot of people in college who like I didn't know their perspective on me yeah well you're getting mine now <laughs> yeah it's, it's good to hear yeah I've heard I've heard one guy describe it. he was like you're a really hard worker and he was like afraid of me <laughs> <laughs> um so I know you mentioned this earlier uh what is it that you think that you still wanted to accomplish in college that you didn't necessarily accomplish there wasn't there's nothing that I think I could have accomplished that I didn't okay well here's another question if you could redo anything in college what would you redo but I feel like you're gonna say nothing no, there's a lot. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Doesn't have to do with running, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I meant. That's what I meant, though. With running. With running, is there anything? Because uh, in the other yeah. side of things, I definitely could see Like, I could see a couple myself, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With running? With running, I would have. So one thing I realized was... Um, the reason why I had a lot of calf issues was because I never really stretched. And so I probably would have just taken better care of my body. Like even after easy runs, it's just like, it's good practice to just get like a 10 minute stretch in after. And you, you have no idea, but like, if you get that 10 minute stretch in after an easy run and after every single run, it might save you a ton down the line. Like it's not fun during, during like the moment, but later down the line, it's going to, it's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of injuries. So would you say that the little things matter? Like the little things a hundred percent matter. Yeah. Very cliche, but it, it's very true. It very is true. incredibly true. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how has your, cause I haven't really talked to you very much, but how is your, post-running career been like how has it been in the real world it's been good man I just uh I've got a good job now I work remotely and I'm living in Chattanooga Tennessee oh I didn't even know you even moved yeah yeah I'm living in Chattanooga near my girlfriend um it's been fun yeah yeah um, so yeah I've just been playing a lot of disc golf which is something that I picked up to um nurture that competitiveness in me yeah and uh just working a lot so so I know we talked about it um outside of the podcast but what different because for those of you that don't know Trevor has pretty much been like competing like disc golf competitively like actually like in in a league right yeah, so I am a member of the Professional Disc Golf Association. I think I was, when I was living in Virginia, I was like number 12 in the state. Um, but I'll do, pro, I'll do professional tournaments and like there's sometimes there's like thousands of dollars on the line. So. so what are the nerves like before a race compared to like the nerves before like a disc golfing tournament? So the nerves for the disc golf tournament are incredibly, like totally different. And I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. A little <laughs> bit. I love jumping off cliffs and stuff. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love like racing is because that adrenaline that you get right before. But 
it's totally different because as soon as the gun goes off, all those nerves are gone, right? Like you don't think about that at all. It's just like, go, 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 go. And then, but in a disc golf tournament, you throw your first shot. And then for about the first six holes of the round, you're nervous as can be. And then those nerves are gone for the most part, but they come back at points. And then on hole 18, they're totally back again. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like the nerves before a race, but spread that out. And then you feel those jitters, but you also have to be incredibly skillful while you have those jitters. Yeah. Because it's, it's a weird concept for me, but I... It's not really something we have to worry about with running, though, because it's just like, it's second nature. When you're running, you're, you know, I mean, you really don't think about much in short races and stuff like that, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is, but it's, as I said, like, once the gun goes off, you're good. Yeah, you like it's just like that hour build up before. Yeah. Um. All right. I mean, I think that's just about it. I guess Ryan, do you have any other questions? Uh, it was supposed to be thirty minutes. This podcast is gonna be like an hour, but uh. No, let's yeah. roll it out, man. It's too Ryan, good. Ryan, hit me with something <laughs> profound. <laughs> um. Right. Should I do out these quick questions here? Or? Oh yeah, I look forward to these. All right, we do these quick my, questions. Like my fit. Honestly, like. I know you guys didn't ask this question, but I feel like this is my favorite part of the podcast right here. Yeah, this is quick, quick questions. Uh, we don't really have a title. We just make it up every time. Um, <laughs> this is an all-out kick around, if yeah. you want to call it that. But um, Your favorite running shoes? Next <laughs> Structures. <laughs> Say that again, I hear you. Nike Next Percents. Oh, okay. Uh, hardest... far, dude, they're, honestly, let me, let me elaborate on this. Nike next percents are the most incredible shoe you will ever wear and they will change your life. They're $250, but they're worth it. I'm sponsored by Nike. Even, even if they don't have the carbon plate in them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my God. They're so good. It's like, it, have you worn them? Have you guys worn them? Uh, yeah, actually. No, no, I haven't worn them. I have oh, the no, alpha yeah. five, form, but I'm going to, I'm going to break them in. Dude, you got to get a pair. Like they're wild. My girlfriend is trying to get a pair because she's going to run a road race coming up. And I'm like, they will change your life. Like, they're nuts. Um, like, the spring that you feel out of those things is unlike any other. Yeah, bro. Those Nike structures, though. <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> no, we were, like we, were getting, we were getting the bootleg structures my senior year. Yeah, those are, like, the worst pair of running shoes you can ever run in. I promise you guys. Like, they're just, like, bricks for your feet um all right so this is actually what i'm, I'm kind of interested in too like what was your hardest workout my hardest workout my hardest workout was in high school really i had a feeling you're gonna say high school too but i was the hardest the hardest workout i ever did was 40 by 400 <laughs> that's like some running that's like some running with the buffalo shit right there like i know yeah i was I, as i do Ryan doesn't understand this. Ryan doesn't know me, but like I, I had a problem. Yeah, that's literally. I did forty by four hundred my senior year of high school in seventy two with a seventy second break. Wow, that's literally insane. That's, I don't think I've ever heard. Of, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of that ever in my life. That's and a good I brought. I never heard the podcast. Listen to this though. I brought a friend with. Me. Oh my gosh! Poor guy. Yeah, I know. <sighs> That's All 10 right. miles of 400s. Yeah, I literally just, I, <laughs> I calculated that in my head. And I was like, oh, <laughs> damn, that shit does not sound fun, bro. 
Um, so who's your who's your favorite distance runner at the moment? Or who's your favorite runner at the moment? My favorite runner? I mean like, pre- your like present, present, present yeah. time? Mm-hmm. Present time. Um that's gonna be cliche. <laughs> I mean probably Jacob Ingerbritson if he isn't doping. Yeah. Yeah. If he isn't doping, then he's a he's a legend, but yeah. We'll see. Okay, uh, what is your favorite event to run? My favorite event. Honestly, probably a, like a 5K road race in the winter. Ooh, like that's it. a good one, actually. Yeah. That is a good one. We haven't heard that one before. Yeah. People usually say shit like, oh, like 800 or like 4x4, four four, like mile or something Dude, like 5K that. 5K road race in the winter, you never get too hot. You're always that's just chilling. And you always win because it's a bunch of like terrible runners. <laughs> it's like the best of all worlds. Um, oh, this is a good question too. What is your go-to pre-meat dinner? And you can't say fried chicken Wednesdays from CSU. <laughs> That's Wednesday, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was my, I'm trying to think, what was my go-to, like, what was my go-to dinner? I remember I used at CSU, I used to drink the Sobe life water. The raspberry. Yeah, the raspberry Sobe life water. I would drink that religiously along with milk. I love milk, dude. Milk is like my favorite thing. But um, I remember I I don't eat too heavy the night before meat just because like I feel like it bogs me down a bit. Mm -hmm. I'll just kind of eat something light. Like I'll eat just like a pasta with some chicken on the side and, and like, I don't know, just like normally what I would eat. I don't, I don't, I try not to eat like too different because then my stomach is jacked up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's like important to like not change things up like before race day. Yeah. Like if you don't eat if you don't eat a big ass bowl of pasta, like normally, why would you eat that before meat? You know? Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, so this is the last question. Um, but uh what's your favorite sports movie of all time it doesn't have to do with running uh chariots of fire never seen it what never is heard it? Of that, yeah. yeah are you serious i've never seen it no it's a running movie dude really yes i've it's, seen some pretty bad best, running bro it's I've the seen best running movie of all time it's from, the, from I've, the seen, 70s. I've seen really bad running movies before and they've kind of scarred me like you ever seen <laughs> four minute mile yeah i have that one's bad <laughs> Dude, no, this is this is from the seventies, and it was actually like an I have good reviews. Award. I'm looking at right now. It was an Academy Award winning film from the seventies, but it also has an element of like, I don't know if you guys are into this, but like Christian religion. Yes, yeah, and so it's like, it's a very touching and like fantastic film. It's about a guy named Eric Little, who was in like the nineteen twenty something Olympics in the two hundred, and. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but yeah, because I'm gonna watch I'll it watch now. It. Like, I'm, you have Gary, you have to watch it. I think you would love it. Like, actually, bro, I have to. And speaking of which, in like 14 minutes, we gotta watch that 200. Arian Knight and Noah Lyles. I will not be watching it. Should I will? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in bed. <laughs> I got work tomorrow. 
He's a working man. Well, know, yeah. Um, all right. So that pretty much brings us to about the end of our podcast. Kind of don't really want it to end, but um, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, of course. Um, is there really anything? Is there anything else you want to say? Like, yeah, I just want to say it's been good to. I haven't really honestly talked to anybody about running since two years ago. Yeah. So it's been good to just kind of rehash this a little bit and and talk to you guys about it so yeah it's been fun yeah well bro thank you for reaching out and dming us and coming on the podcast um with that we're just gonna wrap it up everybody uh i'm with my co-host ryan mizozo and uh trevor domini our guests and we're signing out